Welcome back to Inklings. Today's story is The Brilliant Peacock and is from the prompt, Rewrite a Classic. The Brilliant Peacock is performed by Matthew Ryan Limerick. There once lived a boy in the quiet countryside of a most magnificent kingdom. He had everything a boy could desire rolling plush green fields and woods to run in and explore, a gaggle of animal friends to help pass the day, bright blonde curls that glittered like gold thread in the sun, and parents who loved him very much. He was his father's pride and joy, and when he would come in from playing in the fields, his father would rumple his golden hair and say, Well done, my brilliant peacock. Like many stories, one day his father grew ill, and the boy spent the days at his father's side, praying to whoever would listen, hoping it would make his father well again. But soon, he and his mother were alone in the house. But through all of this, she found a smile for him every day. After some time, when the boy had entered an academy for young lords and ladies, his mother fell in love with a stern and hard man with two daughters of his own. In what seemed like the blink of an eye, his mother and the stern lord were married. The boy said goodbye to his animal friends and was whisked away to, from their perfect country manor to a large gray city. Though his new stepsisters were very rude, he would make the best of his new home and new academy because that's what father would have wanted. Daily there would be arguments about the boy needing to cut his hair because good lords aren't to look weak or vain in appearance. And his stepfather would be quite cross when he would befriend a city animal and bring them home, where it would then be thrown back into the street, being called vermin. Though his stepfather was cold and stern, his mother kept giving him that loving smile every day. But soon his mother grew ill, and on the boy's thirteenth birthday, she passed away. Soon after, his stepfather pulled him from his academy because soft boys do not rule kingdoms. He was told he would serve the house and be taught respect and servitude because that is all a boy like him deserved. His stepfather pushed him into a chair and began to shear off the boy's beautiful hair because servants don't look like obnoxious peacocks. The boy wept as his golden hair seemed to dull and tarnish as it fell to the floor. He wished a prince would come and save him, stealing him away from the darkness now surrounding him. This is the way it was for many years. He was permitted a small cot in the cellar by the fire. He spent his days cooking and cleaning and waiting on his stepsister's hand and foot and trying to avoid his stepfather's icy gaze. He kept his spirits up as best he could by reading the few books he was able to save from his mother's library before his stepfather had them all destroyed. Stories of princesses locked in towers or cursed to deep sleep for eternity until true love's kiss woke her. They stirred something in his soul, a prince of his own to save him and love him. 
never occurred to him that this was strange or unusual. Surely other boys all wanted princes of their own. But he also thought, why would a prince be interested in a chubby cinder boy like me? On the eve of his 19th birthday, a royal carriage arrived at their door and he quickly rushed into the shadows so he could hear what was happening. The king was looking for a spouse for the prince and there was to be a ball that evening for all the nobility of the kingdom. His heart leapt in his throat. He was going to meet the prince. He imagined entering at the top of a large staircase and everyone turns and looks at him as he gracefully descends the steps with the prince waiting at the bottom, so handsome and smiling. Well, they would, of course, dance the night away. The bellowing voice of his stepfather ripped him from his daydream as he scurried back upstairs. The boy was to help his stepsisters, Persephone and Demeter, prepare for the ball. He begs his stepfather to let him go and enjoy the ball, and his stepfather, for 70, just laugh at him. Well, I think he should go with us, father. He works so hard, and doesn't everyone deserve a lovely evening? Demeter always tried to be kind to him when she could. His stepfather's face grew hard as stone. Orphan servants don't deserve anything. He's lucky I didn't throw him out in the streets when his mother died. His stepfather grabs a writing crop lying on Persephone's bed. And I will not have my help speak to me in such a way. And his stepfather swung the writing crop, hitting the boy across the face. And as the boy fell, he continued to strike him again and again until he felt the boy had learned from his mistake. Demeter rushed from the room in tears as Persephone looked on, smiling. The boy's tears soaked into the floor, and he slipped away into his dreams of his prince again. The afternoon rushed by as the boy helped his stepsisters prepare for the ball. Persephone did everything she could to make his time as difficult as possible. But in the blink of an eye, his stepfather and sisters were in the carriage and away for an evening of splendor at the palace. Only once the carriage was past the gate, the boy burst out weeping and ran into a small floral courtyard behind the manor, where he collapsed at the base of his mother's favorite rose bush. In all of his stories, these princesses always had a fairy godmother or kind witch who watched over them. And he wished, as he had never wished before, that he had someone looking out for him too. And as his tears hit the ground by the rose bush, a tiny bulb appears from the grass, and it quickly blossoms and grows into a sparkling purple rose. The boy had never seen anything like this in his life. The flower was now larger than he was, and with a pop, he was looking at the most beautiful person he had ever seen in his life. Oh, they were tall, with the skin the color of coffee mixed with milk, whose being seemed to sparkle and gleam in the most beautiful frock in the universe. Stand up, my boy. 
There is no reason to be sad because you too shall go to the ball. Their voice was vibrant and powerful and the very sound of it created such hope and courage in the boy's soul. But no one will let a chubby, cinder-covered servant boy into a ball. No prince, for that matter, will even look at me. The boy could see no way that he could even set foot into the ball. Honey, when I'm done with you, everyone will want you at their ball. But remember, my magic can only work if you truly believe that you deserve to be loved. Now I want you to think of the happiest thought, the most perfect memory that still gives you hope in your darkest times. The boy closed his eyes and thought and thought. The memories of his parents were flooding into his mind. Picnics on the river, games of knights and dragons, and wonderful afternoons with his family. His godparent waved their wand, and the boy shone like the morning sun cresting over a hill, and was now wearing the most beautiful garments, and a coat with tails almost like a peacock. My dear boy, you are almost ready for a ball, but there is one last thing. They placed a peacock mask in his hands and placed a single kiss on his shaved head. The boy felt the most unusual sensation as he slipped the mask over his head. His golden curls had returned to him. He was so overcome that he hugged his fairy godparent, uttering thanks and adoration. And with a loving smile and a wave of their hand, they conjured a horse from rose petals and metal. I believe it's time we get you to that ball, but remember, this magic is only until midnight. And with that, his very godparent gave the horse a smack on the rump and he was off to the ball. As he ascended the steps of the palace, a servant greeted him and asked him his name. He panicked. He couldn't use his real name for his stepfather would know he was there and this magical evening would be over. Lord Peon, he took a deep breath and entered the magnificent ballroom. He was announced, but as he reached the top of the step, no one was looking his way. They were watching the prince dance very poorly with maiden after maiden after maiden. He descended the steps and still no one noticed him. Trying not to feel dejected, he moved through the crowd, feeling utterly out of place. Well, this is not how this was supposed to go, the boy thought to himself. The room erupts with applause as the prince finishes his dance and the music segues. This was his chance. It's now or never, he must dance with the prince. He approaches, taps the prince on the shoulder. May I have this dance? room seemed to stop. Everything floating in space, the prince turns and looks at him up and down for a moment. Oh, you wish to dance with me? <laughs> Heavens no. And with that, the prince and the people surrounding him burst into laughter. The boy was so taken aback, he wasn't sure what to do. So he ran from the room. He would have kept running, 
but he ran right into something hard and solid that sent him tumbling straight to the ground. He ripped his mask off to see what other terrible things he could have done. But a nobleman was laying on the floor next to him. Oh, I, I, I am so very sorry. This evening is just going terribly wrong. The boy helped up the other fellow and continued to apologize. It's, it's fine, the other lord, who was about the boy's age, said. Whatever you were running away from must be absolutely awful. Yeah, it's the prince. He and all of this is not what I was expecting. And now I am the laughing stock of everyone in the kingdom who is in that room. Oh, this is not how the evening was supposed to go. Ah, yes. Well, my brother should be a little more charming and a lot less vain. The boy stares at the Lord for a moment and falls into a deep bow. Oh, I am absolutely sorry, your highness. The Lord grabs him so he will stop bowing. Your highness is my brother. I'm simply Lord of taking care of my brother's messes. After a moment, they laughed and they spent the remainder of the afternoon enjoying each other's company. They walked through the palace, enjoying the bountiful feast and the beautiful gardens and stopped finally by a large pond where swans floated nearby. The Lord looked at the boy with a sweet smile. I will never understand why my brother would have sent you away. And like a dream, the Lord leans in and kisses the boy as the clock begins to toll midnight. Time was suspended in space, but it dawns on the boy that the clock continues to chime and get closer to that 12th chime. So he breaks the kiss. I, I am so sorry, but I must go. Thank you for a wonderful evening. Please don't go, the Lord cries after him, but the boy runs with the Lord shortly behind him. And as he begins to descend the steps of the palace where he sees his horse is waiting, he trips over his shoes and falls. As he stood back up, he takes off the shoes, continues to run, but drops one of them as he mounts his horse and rode off into the darkness of night. The boy was gone by the time the Lord reached the bottom of the steps, but he finds the silk shoe laying on the stone. The boy crashed upon the cobblestone just outside his father's gate in a burst of shimmering magic and purple rose petals. He rushed inside to his cot, his mind reeling from the night. As he touches his head, he realizes his golden locks were still there and he quickly ties a scarf so his stepfather wouldn't see. His family returned home with joyous laughter and screams. They announced to the house that the prince had chosen Persephone to be his spouse and the royal family would be coming for tea the next day. So no servant was to sleep until the manor was ready for such a royal visit. They cleaned through the night, but the boy couldn't help but smile through his weariness because he would see the Lord again. Morning soon came and the family arose to inspect the house as the boy started to prepare for tea. And his stepfather, stern as granite, made it very clear that he was to remain hidden away and to start thinking about what he would do when the family moved into the palace. 
All hopes the boy had felt from the night before were dashed upon the pavement. Even if he saw the Lord again, he was just a common servant boy. The Lord wouldn't even know it was him. So he sat in silence, reading by the fire as the royal family arrived for tea. He could hear laughing and much merriment, but felt none. Soon soft footsteps descended towards the cellar, and as the boy looked up, there was the Lord. I'm so sorry I, I didn't realize anyone was down here. I was just hoping to find something besides watercress sandwiches to snack on. The boy bowed to hide his face. Oh, it is all right, your highness. May I prepare something for you? But as the boy stood, the Lord looked at him, and the eyes lifted his chin, and in shock said, It's you. The boy felt crushed. Now you see me for what I truly am. The Lord was silent, and after what felt like an eternity spoke. Beautiful. The Lord kissed the boy, and the boy tells the Lord his story of how he came to be a servant in his own home. Angered by the treatment the boy had received, they made plans to flee the kingdom under the cover of night and start a new life somewhere far, far away. So that evening, after the royal family had gone and the family had laid down drunk from the events, the boy pulled together the few positions he owned left a small note for Demeter thanking her for her kindness. And without a glance back, the boy and his lord left that kingdom never to return, and they would live happily ever after. Thank you for listening to our final story from Volume 1 of Inklings. This has been a wonderful ride to produce for you all, and I'm really happy you enjoyed it. Now, Inklings doesn't stop just because we're not releasing any stories for a little while. Continue to subscribe, download, rate, review, and share us with your friends, and continue to revisit our stories. Don't forget to check out our YouTube, where we will be uploading captioned videos of all of the stories for our hearing impaired friends. Now continue to check back and subscribe to Dole Open Dreams as well as Isolation Cast because Inklings is coming back soon. So make sure you're following us on all social media so you know when volume two is coming. Now go indulge your imagination. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.